Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, this is NFL legend, two-time Super Bowl champion Gary Clark. You know what you got to tune into, right? You know what podcast is off the chain. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Burgundy Network Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to place all of your sports bets. Regardless of which sport you like to bet on, Bet Online is the easiest way to place your bets. You can do live bets, future bets like Washington winning over eight and a half games or even winning the NFC East if you're feeling really good after these roster moves, which is what we're going to be talking about on this episode. But Bet Online has the latest odds, news, and information. So you make all the best bets that you need to win some money. Because, Brian, who doesn't like winning money? Let's go. It doesn't feel good losing, but guys, don't worry because when you first sign up and make your first deposit, you get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. So if you make some losses, it's okay. Just keep betting on Washington and uh, Ron Rivera making moves that we had no idea were going to happen. And it's likely going to pay out because we as fans are just fans. We have no idea what's going on half the time. But guys, I am your host, Josh Taylor. Joining me is Brian Murphy. What's going on, Brian? How you doing? What's up, man? Yeah, it's itching closer. I mean, we're 11 days away. Uh, the 53-man roster is what it is right now, but it means that real football is happening. They're preparing for the Chargers. Exciting stuff. It's right around the corner. We're in September. It's football. You know, we can start to taste football. The fall is coming. I can't wait, Mm, man. I know. Friday, I'm going to the UNC Tech game. It's supposed to be like 56 that night, 57. I said, Lord, I'm going to get me a hoodie. It's football season. It feels good. But guys, with the season being so close, obviously, we know there was a lot of roster moves made, a lot of guys cut, a lot of guys signed back on the team so we'll talk about that so real quick for those who have been busy and not keeping up with everything like we have been we have you covered for the 53 active roster due to change it could change by the time you listen to this episode to be honest with you Absolutely. make three three trades or some pickups by the time you get done listening to but that's just the podcast game but guys we are rolling with our three quarterbacks ryan fitzpatrick taylor heineke and kyle allen then we have our three running backs, probably the fewest we've had in a while. Now that I think about it, three running backs, Antonio Gibson, JD McKissick, and Jarrett Patterson, the local boy, undrafted free agent. Love the Love story. It. Love everything that comes with it. Pulling for Jarrett to ball off this season. Seven wide receivers, which was one of the biggest questions we really had was, are we going to go six? Or are we going to go seven? And once again, Ron proved a lot of us wrong going with seven and the ones and I will say, like we've been saying for a while, DeAndre Carter was likely to make the team, and I felt good with Dax Mellon making the team. I thought only one of them would, and both did. Mm-hmm. So we got Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Dami Brown, Adam Humphreys, who was another lock that we mentioned a bunch. Cam Sims, DeAndre Carter, and Dax Milne, those uh, last six and seven wide receiver, more than likely some special teams guys too. And then tight ends, a lot of people were happy about this. Four, which is good. I like it. Logan Thomas, John Bates, who's still learning. Uh, I think he's going to turn out to be really good. Same as Reyes, another one of those guys everyone been pulling for. Great story. Love to see it. Um, he talked today. I don't know if you got to see it or not. Like how, what he came from, like being like a DoorDash driver to just really going after and chasing his dreams. You'll love to see it. Like if you listen to him talk, you're so motivated afterwards. Like 
I love hearing that. Amazing talk. story for sure. Absolutely. And then Ricky Seals Jones, that vet as the fourth tight end. Love it too. I like having guys that have been around. Like I said, Samus Reyes can learn from him. Not only, you know, Logan Thomas and same with John Bates being a rookie and then nine offensive linemen, which is a lot. I know Ron said he wanted to keep 10. Um, and we got a good bit on the practice squad too, which we'll talk about, but Charles Leno, Eric Flowers, Chase Rouye, Brandon Sheriff, Sam Casme, Wes Schweitzer, Cornelius Lucas, Sidney Charles, and Tyler Larson as that backup center. Brian, let everyone know what the number one defense in the league looks like. That's right. So on the defensive line, they kept nine guys. Uh, I would say the top seven were all pretty much set in stone with Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Matt Ioannidis, Tim Settle, and then James Smith-Williams kind of settled himself in there as you know the next man up after Young and Sweat. Casey Tuhill uh, made the roster. Hadn't heard his name a whole lot this summer. I think he was dealing with an injury. So it was a little bit of a question mark for me. Maybe I thought he might get cut for one of the younger guys. Um, but he makes the roster, and so does Shaka Tony, uh, one of their last uh, rookie draft picks. So Tony makes the roster. William Bradley King uh, gets put on the practice squad. So we'll see if we'll see him on the active roster at any point. But for now, those are your nine on the defensive line. Linebackers, a little light there. Originally, it was four guys. Uh, Derek Forrest got made the 53, then put on the IR, so they brought back David Mayo. Uh, along with him are uh, Jamin Davis, Cole Holcomb, John Bostic, and Kalik Hudson. A um, little light there. Still think there could be a move there. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Uh, as David Mayo, like I said, uh, rounds out the five linebackers. And then the cornerbacks, um, uh, Kendall Fuller, William Jackson, Benjamin St. Juice, uh, Tory McTire, and then uh, Daryl Roberts makes the roster. weren't sure about him, or yeah, at least that was I, a big surprise to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't know if he did enough there. Um, and then they have you know Troy Apke listed as a corner. It seems like he's pretty much moved completely to a corner, uh, which was kind of a surprise there. I think they really value him on special teams and uh, his flexibility, his position flexibility. Jimmy Moreland, I'm sure we'll talk about him in a second. Did not make the roster. A bit of a surprise there. Safeties, four safeties, and Landon Collins, Cam Curl, Bobby McCain, and DeShazer Everett. No Jeremy Reeves there. Uh, ends up getting back onto the practice squad. But uh, be interesting to see if that stays the same. And then the three specialists who have kind of been there all along, despite Dustin Hopkins' struggles, he is the kicker, along with Tressway and the cheese man as the long snapper. So that rounds out the defense and the special teams. What are our overall thoughts? I think there are a few uh, things that stand out. Yeah. Let's talk about first uh, Dark Forest. That's kind of uh, been more progressing later on this afternoon. Move to IR, um, which means since it was after the 4 p.m. deadline today, he's eligible to return after the first three games. So if he's healthy, ready to come back, he can come back the, uh, the week of the Falcons. Mm-hmm. So that'd be a little good little, good little surprise going out yeah. to Atlanta if he's well, only. And real quick, something I learned this offseason, I was like, why don't you just put him on the IR, bring him back, you know, because we know the IR is not as, stri- as strict as it had been in years past. Well, I found out, and I didn't know this, maybe I'm dumb and late to the party, but if you put a guy on the IR before he makes the active roster, he is out for the season. So that's why they couldn't do this before they did the active roster. Otherwise, these would have been way easier decisions to make. So this allows him to get back. And I'm not so sure. I mean, I'm sure he is a little banged up. But I think, you know, maybe he's not quite ready. David Mayo steps in maybe to his spot on the special teams role. But it allows a guy that, that I think they like in Derek Force to, 
to come back uh, eventually and 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 kind of learn the defense and learn special teams before really throwing them out there. Yeah, and like you said, David Mayo coming in, we knew we were going to add somebody at linebacker because running with four, three starters and one backup for all three spots is not ideal at all. It does not seem like something Rod would want to do. And he even mentioned it um, yesterday. He said, we are not done at that position. Um, so we kind of knew something was going to come. But you and me talked about it today. We were texting like that. I feel you gotta feel like there's more to it. You you can't feel like, hey, we're not done there yet. We're bringing you know Mayo back from yeah. the practice squad onto the active roster. It's not really like a, hey, we're not done there yet kind of move. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was a free agent they picked up this offseason, so they obviously like him. Um, but do you really feel like there is a chance that we could get one more guy? And I, I would go as far as say maybe send another guy to the practice squad, like that last spot that is open, like a Casey Tuhill or someone on the offensive mm-hmm. line. Um, like, uh, geez, I don't know who I would even send. Maybe Tyler Larson, even though he's kind of our backup center now, um, yeah. to where you have an extra spot for another linebacker. Cause even with five, like, I feel like that's not ideal. You should have six, right? Yeah, absolutely. And linebackers kind of make up your special teams too. So I, I think, I mean, there's a good chance that, you know, I don't know what they're going to do with an actives, but I think, yeah, you absolutely need more than five linebackers and maybe they only have two out there at a time. And you know, when they get out of like base set and all that. But, yeah, I feel like they definitely have to make a move. Um, I think that they could, you know, potentially cut a guy from some of the places where they have an extra guy or two. I mean, you don't really need seven wide receivers. I think you like all of them. You risk losing yeah. one of those guys if you have to cut somebody to bring somebody else in. Like if Dax Mellon starts looking really good on kick and punt returns, you feel okay right. getting rid of Carter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, Jarrett Patterson has done some kickoff returns. Like I think they left themselves some flexibility. Daryl Roberts was probably, you know – number 52 or 53, you know, of the guys that made the roster. So you could potentially let him go in place of a linebacker. Um, they, they left themselves some wiggle room, which I think is important. And, you know, this, the season is right around the corner, but we still have a whole week and a half to, to really tweak this. And I'm sure we'll be seeing over the week teams making some moves. And, yeah, I absolutely think Washington has to bring in another linebacker. I think I texted you. I think overall you could almost say that this linebacker core is – bad i mean like yeah. it's not really good i mean you don't know what you have in jamin davis cole holcomb has shown you some stuff john bostick solid but seems to always be a step behind and then you got Kalik hudson who came into the league as a safety and david mayo who's a special teams guy i mean you're yeah. you're really thin there and you could certainly use a guy that could come in and contribute right away I was thinking today, like if the draft started tomorrow, where would I look to improve right away? And it was still linebacker core, which mm-hmm. is kind of sad to say after, you know, you take Jamin Davis in the first round. Um, but I mean, it's it, he just needs reps. Like when we've talked about, he just needs time, especially as a middle linebacker. He is the hardest role of all the linebacker core. Um, just needs time, but it just shows you how weak it was going into the draft. Like we knew we were going to improve at the linebacker core. I think it still definitely does. Um, but speaking of guys in linebacker, I really looked at it. Um, yesterday of a couple of guys that we could still, you know, sign on other practice squads. Um, and obviously, you know, uh, Benardrick McKinney from the Texans was a name that came around a bunch. Um, and they, I mean, he, he just recently got traded like from the uh, Texans and dolphins, not too long ago. People were like, well, how come like a guy like him would be available? And it's because of a couple other guys on my list, like the linebacker rooms, just getting that full. And also McKinney, he's not the best in coverage. Like, that's not what he's known for. Like, honestly, he wouldn't start if it's me. 
Mm-hmm. He'd probably be depth behind Jamin Davis because he's like a middle linebacker kind of guy. Stops the run really well. Blitzes really well. Has a high IQ for a linebacker. But I just I don't know. Like he'd be a good depth piece for us. He would not take over John Bossing. That's one thing I saw a lot on Twitter. It's like, oh yeah, he would replace John Bossing. No, not at all. Like, and, and I know John Bostic is terrible in coverage too, but like we need to improve, not kind of do the same thing. Right. I feel like we'd be putting uh, BMAC in a terrible spot, putting him in the will spot. So I actually had two or three other guys. There's a couple other guys I saw today, but obviously Micah Kaiser was the one I tweeted out. Um, know him just because he's a UVA guy and me being over here in Wahoo Wah country. Apparently, a lot of Washington fans or UVA fans found that out on Twitter, which is always nice. Um, but in nine games, he had 77 tackles. That's a lot. And that's what he was really known for at UVA. Like, he was just a sure tackler, big, hard-hitting guy. Um, he had three pass deflections, one QB hit, and one forced fumble. Uh, like I said, great run stopper, hard-hitting special teams guy, and he can blitz really well. But once again, needs Im- improving the coverage. It, it seemed like all the guys available weren't like a – Corey Littleton style linebacker where they're just great in coverage, like mm-hmm. just the perfect will linebacker. It, well, it's not out there. Well, and these guys have all been cut for reasons. They have their yeah. warts. I mean, it, it might be a fit situation, but it might be just, you know, they don't have that X, Y, or Z. So you're absolutely right. They're going to be warts on all of these guys. So you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt, whoever they sign. It's not pro- probably not going to come in as a pro bowler, but yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's like, is he better than David Mayo? Yes. Is he better yeah. than Kalik Hudson? From what we've seen, like I think athletic-wise, skill-wise, Kalik Hudson's really good. It just hasn't translated to the field yet. Um, and he had a pectoral injury in 2019, Micah did. And like I said, going into a really loaded linebacker room for the Rams, um, he missed that time of 2019. Obviously, they drafted the players, they pick up with the guys. You kind of lose your spot. Um, and then Evan Weaver out of Cal was a name that came up a bunch. And there's a guy actually broke down on the podcast two years ago after the draft saying like, Hey, this, this dude's a stud six round pick going into once again, a loaded linebacker room in Arizona. And then they get uh, David Collins adding even more to it. I mean, there's guys saying that they went out because the linebacker core is even uh, so full. I forgot what the guy's mm-hmm. name is, um, but he was a first team all American that Cal had 336 tackles in 26 games. They said that was like 30 more than the guy in second place, which is nuts. Um, but just great ball instinct, uh, great vision, but he just didn't have the best speed and he just didn't have that twitch on blitzes. So like I said, it's not like I think we do still make a move. Obviously, people are like, what about KJ Wright? Like, why is KJ Wright not signing with somebody? You don't know if it's injuries, if it's money, if it's something else. Like, why are these visits not going well for him? And he's also 32. I mean, he's on the yeah. But he's still a top 100 player. Like he's for sure. But you know, you kind of get weary when you see a guy that all he does is hit and get hit and he's over 30. You kind of have to kind of think about that a little bit. Maybe that's part of it. So there's, there's a bunch of different things that can go into it. The linebacker core, I still feel like uh, we both agree. There's still a move that could definitely be made there. Let me ask, I was kind of thinking about this and you brought up Khalid Hudson for a while. Now you think he could take a jump and potentially be a contributor for this team. Do you think that that's part of it, that they feel like they might have some of their answers on the roster? I mean, obviously, numbers-wise, you'd like more than five. It's really four with Mayo mostly being a special teams guy. But to me, it kind of reminds – 
and I'm not comparing Kalik Hudson to Antonio Gibson or anybody that they cut to Adrian Peterson, but last year I think we felt like the running back room was a little light going into the season. You know, we were like, you got this converted wide receiver as your quote-unquote starter. You just let go one of the best running backs of all time who still had some juice in the tank. Maybe there's something we're not seeing yet, and maybe some of these guys on the roster are going to be huge contributors and to where you really only need a couple of depth guys. Like maybe Cole Holcomb is about to take a big step forward. Maybe Cleek Hudson is going to be that sleeper player. Maybe John Bostic, you know, for all his faults, kind of has put it together. So I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe just throwing that out there. Maybe they kind of have a plan in-house too. I think Cole does take a leap. Uh, I could definitely see that happening. I think they like what they have in Kalik Hudson. Um, and then obviously him playing on special teams. I feel like that's going to get him going on the field. Like just hitting somebody, going out there and just doing what you're supposed to do. And, you know, watching defense just progress, just learning every day. He's still young. I mean, we just got him last year. Um, mm-hmm. So he's just going through that transition. Ron talked about, you know, Jamin Davis getting – a ton of reps before he starts getting in. You got to think the same thing with uh, Khalid Hudson being as young as he is also. Um, so maybe they do like what he sees. I definitely have liked Khalid Hudson for a while. love his skill set. Um, but also another thing to keep in mind, uh, Jimmy Moreland. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of the biggest surprise cuts for us. And I know that they um, got rid of him on an injury designation. And what I saw about this is as soon as he reaches an agreement or a settlement with Washington, he's more than likely going to sign somewhere else. Like we're not bringing him back. How surprised were you with that? Yeah, that was the biggest surprise for me. I think it was a toss up between that and AGG, but this was a guy that was starting. That was a huge contributor last year. He kind of fans fell in love with him. And I think, uh, you know, both coaching staffs that have had him fell in love with him, just the grit that he brings and, and all of that. So yeah, that was certainly surprising. But the more I thought about it, the more I feel like we never really heard his name over the summer. I feel like we were hearing Tory McTire's name over him. I feel like we were hearing even Cole Luke's name ahead of him. And so maybe he just kind of got complacent. Maybe he kind of felt like his starting role was his to have and, you know, that he kind of had it on ice and, you know, kind of took a step back. I don't know the, the whole reasoning and maybe there is an injury there, but it kind of sounds like they really were ready to move along. But um, yeah, I was definitely surprised by it. But the more I thought about it, the more we really haven't heard his name a whole lot this offseason. What were, what were you thinking about it all? Yeah, and it's, it really did surprise me too. I mean, he's definitely not one that I um, really thought about. But you have to think about it. Like Bobby McCain can play in the slot. Kendall Fuller can play in the slot. Ben Zay Juice can play in the slot. Daryl Roberts can play in the slot. Like, I feel like it was just too crowded. And a lot of people are like, well, Washington picked Troy Abke over Jimmy Moreland. And not at all. They're two completely different players. Like, right. Troy Abke is that safety, now corner. And also, Ron said he's one of the best specialists in the league. Like, that's a big praise from Ron, saying that he's one of the best specialists in the league for special teams. So, it's a completely different player. Like, Jimmy Moreland could not play safety. Jimmy Moreland did not play special teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it was just, he was too one dimensional for our defense and I get it. Like he's that slot guy. He looked great. He's, you know, performed well on the field, but Ron's showing like, if you can play different things for us and you're, you know, that position flex, if you have that, that versatility, you're going to make the team. For sure. Um, I like Daryl Roberts. I can completely understand like people saying like, what's going on with that. But everyone kind of even backed up and said, yeah, Daryl Roberts, you know, looked great in camp and he had a really good game against the Ravens. Um, so it's not like everyone's like, oh, wow, like 
local media wise wasn't just like, Oh my gosh, we didn't hear Daryl Roberts once. Why are we keeping him? Kind of thing. They're like, yeah, mm. he looked really good. Um, and like we said last week, Ron sees these guys in practice every single day. Like, he knows what this team looks like and knows what he has on this team. So I'm not second guessing anything uh, Ron does on that. So also Steven Montez to the lions. He was picked mm-hmm. up. Um, not really surprised by that, but that's another thing where it seems like we could add definitely need like a practice squad emergency uh, quarterback. And I'd put a name out there. Uh, Shane Bouchelle was one of my guys at Ace, uh, SMU transferred from Texas lit it up at SMU, um, and then he went undrafted to the Chiefs. Looked good in preseason, had some flashes. So that's just one name I'd throw out there to bring in to be like a practice squad emergency yeah. quarterback. Yeah, for sure. I was kind of surprised that they didn't bring in a quarterback, whether it be like a Will Greer who goes to the Cowboys, somebody yeah. that was kind of familiar with Ron and um, Scott Turner. Uh, but what I thought was interesting, we, we mentioned the practice squad. I think they signed 15 of their 16 slots, and they were all cuts from the Washington football team. I don't think yeah. they they didn't bring in anybody new. They didn't bring anybody outside. Well, a and, lot of teams did, honestly. I think yeah. there's only like maybe 10 or 11 actual like waiver pickups that happened. Yeah, yeah, I saw the same thing, and so it's interesting. So I mean, they like their guys, but it was I feel like a practice squad almost always needs a quarterback. So maybe there's a there's a plan there or, you know, maybe they're just waiting for the right guy to become available or something like that. So um, I just thought that was interesting that 15 of those guys, uh, you know, all 15 of the guys that they signed were their cuts. Um, And then, yeah, you know, kudos to Steven Montez for getting picked up. I, I wasn't sure that he would be, but you know, he is athletic. He's a, he's a big dude. And so, you know, he certainly wouldn't hurt to have on your scout team. And so maybe a fresh look on a fresh team would be a, a really good uh, spot for him. Yeah, the lines are wild. They cut both of their kickers. I don't know what the heck they're about to do. Yeah, but, and then hey, uh, Dan Campbell, you go, you do you, son. <laughs> and then one thing locally here, I saw that the Falcons uh, cut their only long snapper. So I'm not sure what they these teams are doing. They must have some tricks up their sleeve or something. But yes. yeah, some interesting moves all around the league. Yeah, Washington fans, y'all kind of want to just do the same thing to start bringing in kickers and get rid of Hopkins, like. Uh, it's not always the best idea, but you yeah. mentioned it. Um, all the roster guys that came to the practice squad, Peyton Barber, Bo Ben Shawell, no idea mm, his name. Yeah. William Bradley King, who was one of the guys I was kind of surprised at, um, didn't make the cut, but it looks like Casey Tuho really took his spot. And then him and Shaka Tony kind of have that similar uh, play right. also. Um, and then, of course, Antonio Gandy-Golden, Keith Ishmael for the center spot. Uh, Danny Johnson, who you can make an argument, I was surprised just because of his kick return um abilities and then he's just a vet so i figured he was gonna make the team so that was kind of a surprise to me um i, I can never say this guy's name either jordan kunas yep you just you just stopped talking halfway his through name's, his name's jk yeah. jordan, and uh wes martin jared norris jeremy reeves who was a big surprise to others but if you think about it this is what his fourth time going to the practice squad yeah that poor guy um, I mean, yeah, but you kind of you need a guy like that. You need a guy that's ready in, to have his number called, and it might not be right away. He's kind of like a pinch hitter, you know, like for yeah. a baseball team. He really there are some guys whose egos can't handle that, but he seems like a kind of guy that's that's ready and willing to contribute whenever his number's called. So uh, it's a bummer that he's not on the fifty-three. I feel like he certainly earned it, and you know, in some split alternate universe he definitely made it but i think he's still going to contribute to this team i agree and then uh bun me wrote me never even heard of this person 
Uh, David Steinmetz, John Toth, <laughs> again, cut, bring them back, mm-hmm. cut them again, sign them to the practice squad. Daniel Wise and Gabe Wright, just that defensive tackle uh, spot. And there was actually a pretty good noticeable names of people that were cut around the league. Um, I le- legit made a list. Charles Snowden is another linebacker, by the way, that I was thinking of. Um, another UVA guy. But I was like, man, there's just like these young talent. Like, all these guys that like I scouted in college. Great talent. Like I just feel like they were in bad spots, you know. Just I, I was kind of surprised at some of these, but um, there's definitely options out there. Like I think we'll make a couple of moves. I don't think I'll be able to mm-hmm. ton. Um, but I think linebacker is definitely that one that's gonna be made. Um, but guys, speaking of other teams, we have an extra addition to the podcast. Exciting news, our pod is partnering with playactionpools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. Even if we're losing, there's time for us to start winning. Uh, so you'll be able to get in on the action with our playactionpools.com football pick of challenge. This is something I do like every week anyways. Me and my dad used to get the newspaper um, on Sundays and they'd always have like the uh, layout of the games on Sunday and we'd circle them and make a little bets and stuff like that. So it kind of reminded me of that. But here's how it works. Sign up for our contest, Believe Football Pick. I'm at playactionpools.com and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the, te- the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. So you can mix it up. You know, I love college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct in each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. I'll take free stuff all Shoot. day long. Brian said, sign me up. Yeah. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest Believe, which is B-L-E-A-V, football pick them. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, pick them, as well as cool sports book style concepts called build your bankroll so i don't know if y'all do like office like pickums and stuff like that we do it at work all the time we used to print out papers this is just the easy way to do it and it's right on your phone who doesn't like easy stuff but i'm looking forward to that because i do pickups all the time anyways and you're not really losing money on this one so if you're not a sports betting person that's an easy way to get involved but speaking of other teams guys like brian said we have what like 10 10 days till week one mm-hmm it's winding down. How do you feel about this roster compared to last year? This is Ron's second real off season to build the team that he wants up. Do you feel like he really has an identity and how he wants it to be? It's, I think it's still in progress. I think it's getting there, but I think we're really kind of seeing what Ron's been wanting to do with this team. How are you feeling about the squad? Yeah, I think I said it earlier, flexibility and some, some, some wiggle room, you know, um, to make some moves that, you know, could potentially be made before the season starts or even as the season goes along. But then flexibility position-wise, I mean, he's been preaching that all the time, right? He's always talking about position flexibility and a guy that can play in multiple uh, places and, and all of that. And we see that. We see that across the board. And I think it's the reason we already talked about that, you know, Jimmy Moreland didn't make the roster, whereas Troy Apke did because he can play corner and safety. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those backup offensive linemen, we can see them as guards or as tackles. You know, um, you know, a couple of the wide receivers are obviously going to play special teams and have the chance to be return guys. Uh, you know, some of the defensive linemen, you know, maybe they rotate in as a, a linebacker here and there. I mean, there's all kinds of flexibility, and that seems like something Ron has really preached from day one. And, you know, you're right. I don't think it's fully there. 
but I definitely see his thumbprint and I definitely see his imprint on this roster. And it feels like he is slowly getting there, which would be really, really awesome. And so I'm excited about this. I feel like, you know, they have a chance to do something special because the top half of their roster are legit guys, legit, you know, playmakers on both sides of the ball. And so um, it'll be exciting to see. I'm excited to see his plan kind of come together, you know, a coach's first year and, you know, they went to the playoffs and all that, but a coach's first year still is kind of what did he inherit? How did he kind of make do with what he had? But this year yeah. he's really big he's, whole mess. Is what yeah. Like. Yeah. And, and this year he's really been able to turn it over a little bit. And, you know, I don't know the numbers of who was not there before he got there, that kind of thing, but he certainly has brought in some of his guys and uh, hopefully this year it shows. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, I don't I don't think it's the best roster in the league. I still think there are some holes and some weak spots, but I think they'll get there and I think this will be a competitive team. Yeah. And I think I forgot. I think it's the 2019 draft. There's only like two guys left in our draft class that we had um, just because just clearing out house. But I feel like that's something we talked about so often is like, oh, that was that wasn't a Ron's guy. That was that was the old regime kind of player. I feel like that really stood out. Um with with the roster cuts and everything now too. Mm-hmm. And I think it's gonna take one more off season for Ron to really be at where he wants to be. Um and like I said, this isn't by any means a final roster. Anything could happen. Like still could sign um guys and other practice squads to be on the 53. Um one tweet I saw today it was kind of confusing, but I wanted to talk about it because it's an interesting note and uh RO Nikki um decided that this could play into Washington too, which is kind of what we talked about with the linebacker core. Um, but Greg Allman tweeted one thing to watch for across the league today. If a vested veteran is on your 53 for week one, his salary becomes fully guaranteed. Why? I have no clue. Not important. Uh, to get around this, you'll see teams sign a vet to the practice squad for week one, elevate them on game day, and then move them to the 53 in week two. So kind of what uh, Gruden did to uh, uh, Adrian Peterson before it was cool. He did, mm. did it for a completely different reason. Yeah. Um, and then Nikki came back and said, very possible Washington keeps the spot open, which we did on the practice squad. If it does sign a linebacker to the 53, now we have five. At the time we had four, but still definitely a possibility. They have to cut someone else who could go on the practice squad, assuming they clear waivers. And they can make room for that other linebacker. So you and me kind of looked at the roster a little bit. Like if we were to bring in one more linebacker, like where mm. could we send someone to the practice squad and stuff like that? So just even more kind of, I don't want to say like foreshadowing that something could happen. Cause why, why else would you kind of leave one practice squad open? Right. Or was it just because Steven Montez got taken and that's what we kind of had it for. And then we're going to get that quarterback. Yeah, I, I thought it might be for a quarterback, but then seeing that, that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, so it will be interesting to see. Like like we've kind of have preached, I don't think that this is going to be the 53 guys that go into week one, and that's only 10 days away, like we've been saying. So I think there is some flexibility there. There is some maneuvering that can be made. And then you also have to kind of think about not only is that money guaranteed, but you're also you could potentially bring in a linebacker who doesn't know the system, who might need a week or two, Maybe you don't want him out there week one. So it just gives you kind of some options to bring up a guy that, you know, is on the practice squad but might know the the defense better, that kind of thing. It just kind of leaves it open your options. And um, like you said, there are a couple of back-end guys that, you know, you hate to have guys lose their jobs, but that could make room for 
um, for a guy here or there. So it will be interesting to see. Uh, I, I'd, I'd be willing to bet money that there is another signing or two and that we are certainly not done with this group, but you kind of get your basis and your foundation here. So it'll be interesting to see what, what moves they make. I will say, were you at all surprised that we didn't have one of our um, wave players that we signed back to practice squad picked up by another team like AGG, who I'm sure got a lot of interest being a fourth round pick with his skill set. And then a guy like Jeremy Reeves, who has shown flashes when he was on the field. Like, were you at all surprised that no one else really picked him up? Or do you think, like, right. like everyone's been saying, that's like that fan Ashburn syndrome, just, you know, saying our players are better than what well, they actually are? Well, I think we fall in love with our guys because we're watching this team day in and day out. So, right. you know, we know what Jeremy Reeves can bring, whereas there are probably 30 other Jeremy Reeves out there. There are safeties that work really hard and that, have you know, no probably- idea even exist. Yeah, and so I think that there's a lot of that. I mean, we saw like the Eagles get rid of Travis Fulgham, and I think he led them in receiving last year. I mean, there were a lot of like receivers and young receivers. Yeah, uh, there are a lot (laughs) of young receivers and, you know, defensive backs that kind of got loose. I think they held on to the couple of guys that would have been snatched up and Jarrett Patterson, Samus Reyes. Some of those guys, I really do think they might have been snatched up. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not super surprised. I thought, you know, what I am surprised by again is that Steven Montez is the one guy that got swooped up. Um, I was kind of shocked by that. Yeah. You need quarterbacks for sure, but I, you know, didn't see a lot from him. Um, so I'm not super shocked. I really do think we talk ourselves into some training camp heroes and then we forget that there are 32 teams with, you know, 30 other guys that have been cut. And so there's a big pool to pick from. Um, the tricky thing also is it's not like you just get to pick a guy. I'm pretty sure if you pick a guy up like that, you have to put him to the, the 53. Um, the 53. Yeah. You can't so, just go practice squad to practice squad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there is that. That means you're cutting another guy that you potentially like. So it's not that simple. I mean, it's a game. It's a risk that you're willing to take. And um, so I'm sure that there were teams that did look at guys like Jeremy Reeves and Antonio, Antonio Gandy Golden, um, but just couldn't pull the trigger on them. And so Washington will happily take them back. Guys that know the system and, you know, have shown some flashes. You can't have enough of those guys on your on your practice squad and on your your backups. Yeah. And a lot of these guys that did get cut went like back to the teams. that mm-hmm. cut them. Like I was looking at some guys that I studied, like I said, the draft, like. Seth Williams was a uh, wide receiver out of Auburn. Great hands. I was like, man, there's just, it's, there's so many players out there. Um, Kenny Yaboa was another tight end that a lot of people were talking about for Washington. Um, then he had an insane game for the Jets um, preseason. And then they cut him, brought him back. Um, just a bunch of guys that I looked at. I was like, man, it's just, you're, it's so surprising like, yeah. how many big names and like you fall in love with these players. You're like, man, like how will they cut like Kenny Yaboa? Like, he's yeah. A good tight end. Like, they and like, really turned in. I thought about that too. Like I saw that name and I recognize that name, but then you think about, are you really going to place Ricky Seals Jones with a third rookie tight end? You know, so there are questions yeah. like that all across the league where it's intriguing, but you're not sure you can take a, a chance on a guy when you're that light and that inexperienced at a spot. So it is really tricky. And um, hopefully all these guys, you know, sign on to practice squads and then make impact plays down the line because it's got to be tough to be with a team all summer and then have it ripped out from underneath you. So uh, I know that we talk about it and we care about the team and the guys on the field, but there's a business side and a, a personal side to all this. So hopefully all these guys, like I, I would hate to be wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And hopefully these guys land elsewhere and kind of uh, stay hungry, which it seems like a guy like Jeremy Reeves is absolutely going to do. So you hope that he is uh, 
a big part of this team moving forward. And last thing I want to talk about roster cut wise, obviously we kind of have to talk about it. I really don't want to, but I mean, everyone else kind of is. So I feel like we kind of need to Cam Newton. I don't think that was ever going to no. be an option. First off, I was shocked. Then the more I thought about it, I'm like, you don't keep him. Cause he doesn't want to be uh, QB two. Yeah. He, well, he wouldn't want to be going back to previous times. I mean, we had this conversation last year. I mean, would, would we have wanted Cam Newton to be Dwayne Haskins backup? You know, like, I mean, he just is not a, he's not a backup quarterback. No. He, he really he, he is either a starter or he's, um, you know, he's, yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. And I don't think he's a bad guy. I just think he has such a big personality that it's hard to hide that and hard to have that not be a distraction. Yeah. And like, for me, it's just the fact that it's QB one or nothing. And Bill mm-hmm. knew that, like, if you're going to roll with Mac, you can't have that lingering, daily right. reminder if? of like cam mm-hmm. newton like hey like i am better than this guy he firmly yeah. believes he's better than mac jones and like i would too if i'm if i'm playing it doesn't matter if i'm a long snapper i'm be like hey i'm, I'm better than Khalil Mack. yeah like, you have to have that mindset in the nfl you can't just be like yeah man i'm just here like i guess i'm okay right. <laughs> like it's there's not an even, ego but... that goes into it and that's what yeah. made cam so great but oh, it's also kind of what yeah. makes him not an option for for a lot of teams unfortunately yeah but i i was just glad to see my guy mac uh, Joe, yeah, a big Alabama guy well, looking forward to what he does. But I just, I knew as soon as he got cut, I'm like, here we go. Yeah. People have been saying, even in the offseason, like bring Cam Newton and like pay him, and we'll have like these two QBs. Like we have Ryan Fitzpatrick, Cam Newton. That's fine. No, not at all. That's the last thing you want. Um, yeah. And to be honest with you, I would rather have Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen. I mean, I know Cam Newton knows the system, but it's a different style of mm-hmm. play he has. It's not at all. It's the complete opposite of what Ryan Fitzpatrick does. Yeah. So you'd be going from one stop quarterback to the complete opposite. And we just don't need that. And once again, you're taking a roster spot over. Yeah, absolutely. So, and he's not the same guy. I mean, he might be the same size, but he's not the same guy. He's taking a lot of arm, hits, a lot of, yeah. yeah, a lot of miles on that engine. And um, so, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. But speaking of number one, we haven't talked about the most important thing with the roster Jersey number updates so if you're crazy come on a jersey by one of these guys that might not be here for the next three years hey how about deandre carter taking number one i was surprised by that he better have a return touchdown if he's going to take number one and, and wear that that was probably the weirdest one of the new ones that i've seen was deandre carter taking number one um the one that's going to take me forever to get used to is cam sims <laughs> taking agg's number 11 what? who fought so long for it just to lose it like a month later what was uh, Cam Sims and Collis? You remember off the top of your head being a oh, Bama guy? Gosh, you had to ask me. Um, I'll look it up. You keep talking. I'm, I'm gonna look it up. See if I can find it. Cam Sims, Alabama. If I if I type Cam Sims, Alabama, it's gonna be nothing but injuries. Um, I think he was 17. Don't. Oh, me. good call. Is yes, it? sir. Yeah, Let's good call. Go for the three games he played for us. Um, so yeah, going from 11. I don't know. It's going to look weird. I like the number mm-hmm. 11 on wide receivers. I thought 89, but I just got so used to seeing him be 89. I thought mm-hmm. he looked good in 89. Like, I don't know. I'll, yeah. With all the Santana Moss thing, like, does he deserve it? With all the, <laughs> with all the receivers going to the teens, it stands out when a guy's in the eighties. So I kind of like that. Yeah, I was hyped when Deami Brown was number two. I was like, yes, yeah. that is like, that's, that's the best jersey in our team right there with Tam McLaurin 17 and Chase Young 99. Deami Brown yeah. having number two because of his celebration and everything. Um, Dax Milne, 15. I think that's a good number for a small guy. Yeah. I hated, what was it, 84? Yeah, it's big it. and bulky. Yeah. yeah. 
just too big on the jersey. A little slim down, number 15 for Dax Mill. Bobby McCain, this is your favorite one. By taking, far the best. Oh, yeah. Taking Jimmy Moreland's number 20. Bobby Jimmy. McCain is just increased his interception total by yep. – he doubled it. Whatever it was going to be, he doubled Two it. Two to four. Well, I mean, 38 and 48 are the two worst jersey numbers oh, God. in yeah, I sports. I felt so bad for four. So I'm like, 40. Yeah. He, so maybe if he wake, works his way back onto the roster, he can get something better too. But McCain just became close to an all pro with that number, you know, or yeah. took a step closer being number 20. Pro Bowl bound Bobby McCain, number 20. Jarrett Patterson going to 32. I think that's a weird number too. I mm. wanted him to be in the 20s. Um, I, I would love to see a single digit running back too. Like, yeah, even like number eight. That would have been be- sweet. That'd be a, like zero. He, Give him zero. I think I saw he tweeted out a picture. He wore 32 at some point in his youth days. Yeah, would have time. So, I think his Twitter handle for a minute was 26, but Landon Collins has that. So maybe some of his other options were already taken. 32 is yeah. not bad. Jim Brown, all-timer. Um, but it, it does look a little weird nowadays. You haven't seen th- a 32 running back no. here for a while. Jared, Marcus Allen to this man go with number zero next yeah. year man that would be such a baller awesome. pick. number zero Jared Patterson um practice squad poor poor well AJ and then Adam, Adam Adam Humphreys 13 oh, yeah. Adam Humphreys 13 yeah. lucky 13 19 to 13 yeah lucky 13 Ryan Fitzpatrick's favorite player I think I think it's gonna be big moves all season long man ages you got the curse to number 18 yeah We've not like that's like the worst. Who's that? Um, Dobson was eighteen. Yeah, you yeah. <sighs> hate to see it. Paid Barber. Maybe he can. Weird. Maybe he can take nineteen from Humphreys. Nineteen looks better than eighteen. Yeah, I thought nineteen was clean. That's good on like a tall guy like mm-hmm. you too. Peyton Barber thirty-eight, irrelevant. Uh, Danny Johnson thirty-six is what it is. I think Danny Johnson has had like twelve different numbers in his time with Washington, so. Maybe 36 will be it, finally. Cam Sims. I think 11 is going to look good. It's kind of wearing on me now that I look at it more. Um, but if you're into any of these guys getting their jersey, I probably wouldn't just because I'm sure this will change um, a lot. Because Antonio Gainey Golden's had three numbers already since he's been here. Uh, it's been a year and a couple months. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Cam Sims 11. That's so interesting to see. I can't wait for that one. Um, but obviously, like you said, 10 more days. We're going to break down the Chargers coming up. Brian, anything you want to add before we get out of here and start crunching some numbers for the San Diego game? Because we have a lot of homework to do. Yeah, it's getting we real. We haven't seen Herbert. Mm-mm. We don't know what to expect. We haven't seen the offensive coordinator. We haven't seen anything they're going to do. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I know fantasy isn't everything, but when you have a guy like Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen being like a top 20 pick, yeah, arguably, uh, Washington the same way, though. Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin going pretty early. I mean, they're going to be some offensive fireworks, you hope, and you hope that the defense that uh, was pretty dominant all last year in Washington can shut them down just a little bit. So, yeah, uh, I'm excited to dive into them and kind of see what they do and, I know there are a couple of new coaches there, so it'll be interesting to see. There, there could be some rust, like you said. We haven't seen Herbert, but that's for the preview pod, which is so close. I can't wait. Yeah. Next week, one more podcast until we are together at the game. That's crazy to even think about. Nuts, Ryan's man. coming to Virginia. How long has it been since you've been up here? Well, I, I visit family up there all the time, but for an actual game, I haven't been there since the – 
lost to the Packers in the playoffs uh, mm. where they jumped out. I think it was like an 11 nothing lead. And then, you know, Aaron Rodgers remembered he was Aaron Rodgers. So it's been a minute since I've been up there for a game. I can't wait. It's going to be a, a, an awesome time. You got a lot of cool festivities going on before the game. So keep up with that on Twitter. But guys, like we said, we will be back for the preview pod because there's so many matchups to look forward to. To me, this is game of the week, week one. Like matchup wise and like how close it is. And if you saw like the people were like making predictions already on like NFL Network and stuff, it's like 50 50. And speaking of betting on on games, I saw that uh, I saw that Washington is now only um, a dog by one point in a couple mm. of places. So it's moved a little bit. I don't I'm not an expert on that, but I know that it means that people are definitely looking into this game. So I think it's an exciting game and, you know, two teams that really have playoff potential and playoff aspirations. We, we already kind of mentioned it. It could be a, a, a big uh, winner loss for these teams come week 18. Yeah. I mean, with our fan base, if we win, we're hype. If we lose, we're like, what went wrong? <laughs> Why? Yeah. Hold on now. What's going on week one? Um, but yeah, I think at one point we were like three and a half point favorites and then two and a half point favorites. And now Vegas is in on the Chargers, I guess, after our preseason showing, which means nothing. So I'll take mm-hmm. it. I would rather us be the underdogs going into the game. Me too. Um, so speaking of betting, guys, like we said, this episode is presented by Bet Online. So go to betonline.com. Get those odds before they change back into Washington's favor. Underdogs, more money for you to bet on. So, guys, we will see you next week for the first preview pod of the season. See you, Brian. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.